everyone. Kirk here, currently beginning work on Strong Song Season 6, which will come out in February, February 9th for patrons and February 23rd for everyone in the main feed. I am super excited about it. And while I work on it, I thought I'd drop a few more old bonus episodes into the main feed. Each of these had previously been Patreon exclusive, and now I'm releasing them to everyone. The first one here is an addendum to an episode from 2022. It's episode 97, Strong Grooves, Volume 1, in which my friend Russ Kleiner came on to explain a handful of iconic funk grooves to me, and we recorded way too much to include in that episode. So I put together this bonus, which is actually a really great discussion of funk legend Clyde Stubblefield, who actually recently got name-checked in the new Spider-Man PlayStation game. You'd love to see it. Anyways, this is an add-on to an existing episode, so definitely listen to that first before you listen to this to this episode, because it really is just kind of an index or an appendix to that episode, some extra stuff that I didn't have room for in the episode that just flushes out a little bit of what we talked about. So in the main feed, we did Strong Grooves Volume 1, where I analyzed three famous funk grooves with an extra focus on the drum parts with James Brown's drummer Clyde Stubblefield, the Meters' Zigaboo Modaliste, and the great Bernard Purdy, and some playing he did with Aretha Franklin. I don't know why I said Bernard Purdy was great and I didn't say that Zigaboo or Stubblefield were great, because they're all great. I just kind of felt like saying the great Bernard Purdy. And I mean, he was pretty great. Anyway, I had my old buddy Russ Kleiner join the show to explain and demonstrate some of the grooves. It was super fun to have him. I've never quite done that before, bringing in a friend, a sort of guest expert, to sit in a recording studio and actually play and demonstrate things. But it was really fun. Uh, Definitely a lot of extra work for the episode, so I won't do it all the time. But uh, definitely something I want to do more of in the future. So we covered a lot of ground, way more ground than I could fit into the episode. Honestly, I think I could have just made the episode about cold sweat and really easily filled an hour, but I there's a lot of songs I want to talk about on this show, and it's kind of the constant challenge of making strong songs is that there's way, way more songs in the world than I can ever talk about, even though I, I love to talk about all of them. And I wanted to talk about Sissy Strut, and I know Russ had a lot of thoughts about Zigaboo's playing, and he loves Bernard Purdy, so I wanted to talk about that too. So anyways, we talked about a lot of stuff, and there wasn't room for everything. I figured it's generally better to have too much and then to trim things than to just jam everything in and wind up with something overstuffed. So we had a fair bit of extra material, and in particular, Russ had laid out this really cool chronology of how Clyde Stubblefield and James Brown's grooves evolved over time. And I thought that would be great for the bonus feed, since it definitely belongs somewhere. It's really interesting. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to chart the evolution of Stubblefield's drum grooves from Cold Sweat in 1967 to I Got the Feelin' in 1968 then Mother Popcorn in 1969, and then, while it's kind of a different sort of a thing in some ways, some technical ways, we'll talk about his hugely sampled drum break from Funky Drummer in 1970, because if you're talking about Clyde Stubblefield, you kind of got to talk about Funky Drummer. So then, once I've gone through all of those, and Russ has sort of explained each of them, I'm going to recap the four grooves, and we'll do a little game to see if you remember them and you can tell them apart. I don't care! So first of all, let's start with Cold Sweat. Russ did a demonstration of that offset snare drum hit and the things that Cold Sweat changed up that didn't wind up fitting in. I wound up kind of just paraphrasing some of it in my own language, but it was kind of fun the way that he demonstrated it in part because the funk is so ingrained in him that he had a hard time just playing a regular straight groove. Straight eights there, right? He's got a little bit of a kind of swang to this, as almost every beat that we'll talk about today does. Generally don't sit exactly straight 
or exactly swung. They're somewhere in the middle where the grease happens and the funk happens and the <laughs> filth happens, all the good stuff. So here is the cold sweat groove with a more typical two and four sort of rock beat, which you may have heard in a gajillion pop songs over the years before this time. No, I didn't even do it there. <laughs> cool. A little bit square. Here's that same beat. We're going to add some ghost notes, add the displaced snare hit. I'm also adding an open hi-hat. Cold Sweat wasn't the last song to feature this kind of beat, and Stubblefield recorded several more songs that incorporated elements of Fatback in new and interesting ways. One of my favorites is actually one of my favorite James Brown songs. It's also one of Russ's favorites, 1968's I Got the Feelin'. I think Russ actually suggested this song as one for me to work on when I was practicing my funk drumming. And when I'm warmed up and I have this song on my headphones and I'm playing along, there really there aren't many songs that are as fun to play as this one. What to do to me? God, I mean, listen to the drums. It is ridiculous. Down and misery. Clyde Stubblefield takes it to the next level in 1968 with his performance on I Got the Feeling. And this song, man, it truly extended the boundaries of what funk could be. Baby, 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 I got the feeling, baby. The musicianship it takes to play this, the dexterity, the facility, the virtuosity of his left hand playing to a, a level of rhythm and drumming that I don't think had been experienced before. It's still one of the funkiest beats I've ever heard in my entire life. There's all about those two things we talked about. The go, like tons of ghost notes. That's really what's happening in that one. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. So I've mentioned that I'm not the greatest drummer in the world, but when I'm pretty warmed up, I can kind of get it done on the instrument. And when I'm playing to this song and I'm really feeling loose, it's a pretty wild feeling. It's like you're almost just dancing your drumsticks along the drums because the ghost notes are happening so fast and you're so quickly subdividing between your left and right hands on the hi-hat and the snare drum. It's a really cool feeling. It almost feels like skipping along the surface of water. Of course, if you listen to me isolated away from the recording, I don't sound nearly as good as Russ does, but then again, that's why I'm not a drummer. So that's I Got the Feelin'. I also talked a little bit about the 1969 song Mother Popcorn in the main episode and played a little bit of Russ's demonstration of it, but during our conversation of it, he went into a little bit more detail. So I got the feeling 1968, 
1969, a continued evolution of sorts with Clyde Stubblefields playing and the Fat Bat beat. This one to me sounds very much like a fusion of the Cold Sweat beat and I Got the Feeling. It has elements of both of them. A big difference that's happening on that tune is Clyde is playing an accented hi-hat part on every downbeat. So he's going. That creates a very different kind of motion and feel and propels it in a different kind of way. Additionally, the accents in the second half of the phrase are a little bit more random, kind of that, well, like popcorn. It's a, it's a good name for the song. It's kind of popping out like popcorn in different little places. That second part of the answer to me feels like the I got the feeling. The first measure to me feels like cold sweat. So it's like a cold sweat question, a, a take of I got the feeling answer. That's what it feels like to me at least. So I want to go back over that because it's really cool. So first came Cold Sweat, 1967. Then came I Got the Feelin', 1968. And then in 1969 came Mother Popcorn. And Mother Popcorn combines the first part of Cold Sweat and the second part of I Got the Feeling into a third kind of groove. So if you remember from the main episode, Russ talked about how these stubblefield fatback grooves were generally organized in two-bar phrases, where the first bar is a question and the second bar, the second half of the phrase, is the answer. So like Russ was just saying, the mother popcorn groove has the cold sweat question and the I got the feeling answer, and it's at a little bit of a different tempo. So let me reproduce that for you using Russ's examples that he recorded. Here's cold sweat. So it's not too busy and noty compared to those later grooves. The ghost notes are pretty minimal by comparison. It kind of just cruises along. Okay, and now here's I Got the Feeling. Way more going on, way more ghost notes. This one is just burning. So now, here's Mother Popcorn. You hear it? The first part is simpler, sounds kind of like cold sweat. And the second part is a lot busier and sounds more like I got the feeling. That's such a cool thing that I never would have noticed on my own. And it's a smart way to take two grooves that you've already come up with and by combining them and changing the tempo, you get a third pretty different groove. Final James Brown tune that we talked about was 1970s Funky Drummer, another Clyde Stubblefield beat that has gone on to become what I believe is the most sampled recording in history. I talked about this on a recent Q&A episode since Funky Drummer was used on George Michael's Freedom and there had been a question about freedom, but seriously, this drum break is literally everywhere from Nicki Minaj songs to Ed Sheeran, the Powerpuff Girls theme, I listed a whole bunch more in that episode, but it's just wild how many times that it has been used. Now that you're hearing it, I bet you recognize it from something. 
1970, Clyde Stubblefield, the funky drummer beat, often imitated, never duplicated, and it won't be duplicated today either, but I'll do my best. <laughs> um, Clyde's beat, the, the beat that most of us know and have heard a bajillion times, has been sampled by everyone you could think of, actually doesn't happen until, oh, I don't know, five and a half minutes or so into the tune. One of the most melodic breakdowns that, that you could really hope to hear, which I think is why uh, so many people have used it in their own music. Um, and the feel is such, and his idiosyncrasies of his playing are such, that it just will never be replicated in that way, which is why it's sampled. You're only, you're only going to get that kind of feel with the actual playing of Clyde Stubblefield. The 16th notes on the hi-hat, as simple as it sounds now, because we've heard this kind of rhythmic information for 60 years since then, 60, 65 years, this was something really new at the time. Cats were not really doing this, weren't playing 16th notes, and certainly weren't adding all this beautiful improvisatory stuff underneath it. He makes it sound so effortless. Any drummer, even a very accomplished drummer, will tell you this is an extremely hard groove to make sound effortless. The facility it takes, the the way you need to relax your body to keep that hi-hat really nice and light is in- incredibly difficult, and he makes it sound like he's just hanging out, reading a newspaper, having a beer. One, two, three, four, get it! So this hi-hat groove uh, sounds like he's playing with kind of the tip of the stick. It's less here where he has the meat of the stick and kind of here's the tip of the stick, right? Meat of the stick, tip of the stick, which gives it a lighter kind of more floating feel. So instead of you have... Also, one thing I adore about this groove is the the contour that he achieves through not just the ghosted notes, the accented notes, but by opening up that little hi-hat in this unexpected place. He has like... It's a very musical, extremely musical statement. Not just a funky beat, obviously. It's killer. But to, to me, it's just got this lovely musical shape and contour to it, which says something for his ability to go beyond just playing something super groovy, right? but something incredibly musical as well. Ain't a 
four recordings in four years, 1967, 68, 69, and 70, and a clear evolution in Clyde Stubblefield's technical and stylistic approach as he almost like casually tossed out grooves that we still literally hear in pop songs that top the charts today. I hope that this chronology has given you a stronger sense of how James Brown's grooves changed over the years, and just how musical and complex and fascinating a musician Clyde Stubblefield was. So here at the end, as promised, I thought that it would be fun to do a little quiz to see if you can all identify which of the four grooves you're hearing at any given moment. So we're going to just go through a few of these, maybe some will play twice, they're not going to be in chronological order, I'll play a bit of the groove, and I want you to listen to what's happening, what Russ is playing on the hi-hat how he's feeling it, how much swing it's got, what part of the stick he's using on the hi-hat, where the ghost notes are turning up, and see if you can tell which song it's from. And I'm not actually going to say the answers right here. Let's say I'll put the answers at the very end after the music is done playing and everything if you want to hear that, and also put them down in the show notes. So you won't know what the answers are unless you really want to hear what the answers are or you think you figured it out and you want to check them in the show notes. Okay, here we go. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. And number eight. And 
And that'll do it for this latest bonus mini, so this was a lot of fun, and I was glad to get to fit that chronology in here, just because Clyde Stubblefield is so amazing, and the evolution of his drumming is really interesting. I loved Russ's examples and explanations, and it was nice to have somewhere to put it. Thanks again so much to Russ Kleiner for taking the time to record this, and also thanks to Nick Derrico again for engineering and overseeing the recording session. It was just a really great process working with both of those guys, and of course, great fun to have one of my old friends on the show. At any rate, I really hope that you all enjoyed this odyssey into funk drumming. I had a great time doing it. I'm definitely going to have Russ back to do this again, probably to get into the next generation of funk drumming. Russ is actually a Dave Garibaldi master, like he knows everything about Garibaldi's playing. So if I ever talk about Tower of Power, I will probably bring Russ on as well. And hey, this is Modern Day Kirk chiming in to say that while I did talk about Tower of Power and didn't manage to get Russ to come back on the show to talk to me, I did use some of the playing of his that we recorded, so it was cool to get to work with him again, even if in a kind of a remote capacity. Just a note to say that if you want to support Strong Songs, you can do so at patreon.com slash strongsongs, and thanks so much to all of my patrons who make this show possible. All right, I'm going to sign off for now. The answers to the quiz will be after the music ends. So if you don't want to hear that, pause it, go back, see if you can figure them all out. And like I said, they're also down in the show notes. Good luck. I hope you get all the answers right. And I'll see you next time around. Okay, the answers to the quiz are number one was Mother Popcorn, number two was I Got the Feelin', number three was Cold Sweat, number four was Mother Popcorn, number five, Funky Drummer, number six, Cold Sweat, number seven, I Got the Feelin', and number eight, Mother Popcorn. Congratulations to everyone who got them all right. I'll be mailing you a vintage 1963 Ludwig drum set, so just uh, send me your address and I'll send it to you. No, no prizes for this, but uh, this was kind of fun. And if you liked this, maybe I'll do quizzes like this again in the future. All right, thanks everybody. Bye.